All right, today on Cup Talk, we are talking films. What do they what do we call this? Puck pictures? I don't know. I've been trying to think of a thing all day to call it, but today we are talking Mighty Ducks, the original movie, me and Benny. The latest, the greatest, the all-time original kids hockey movie. That's right. So this this movie came out in 1992, coming off. It was came out right before the season started in 92. I mean, the Penguins had just won the Cup. So, I mean... Pretty good time for hockey, but um, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a 21% only, and on IMDb, it's got a 6.6, and a meta score, I don't really know if anybody listens to those, or looks at those, but it's got a 46%, so. And but a I, 99 in every every hockey fan's yeah, heart. Yeah, yeah. I think this movie did more for hockey at this time than, like, I mean, everyone says Wayne Gretzky moving to L.A. was, like, the biggest thing for hockey, but like, I feel like that was maybe the the first step. But I think the Mighty Ducks movie definitely pushed that ball, you know, forward. And there's so many kids that you do you talk to like, oh, I mean, I saw Mighty Ducks and I was like, I gotta play hockey, you know? Oh yeah, it's just that classic movie that really every sports fan that's a Disney fan as well has definitely watched. And it's whether they play hockey or not, I think at some point in their time of their kids they wanted to after watching that movie yeah or it just like took you know it's it's crazy how many people i talk to that there's a might it has a mighty duck story so i mean just a little fun fact jake gyllenhaal originally uh auditioned for the role of charlie conway but his parents wouldn't let him do it because he didn't want him to get hurt or something skating and uh fulton reed and gee they're brothers Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, so um, so starting out the movie, I mean, you got, you know, shows Coach Bombay as a kid, you know, when he's wearing number nine, his, his dad's, hey, Gordy, Gordy. So I'm thinking Gordon Bombay was named after Gordy Howie when he wears the number nine. And, you know, so I think. Yeah, he, I, I, would, I would say that's a, a pretty safe assumption within the movie. And actually, number nine, there's so that's what Adam Banks actually wears before he transfers over to the Ducks, is number nine. And there's another kid on the team with ninety nine, so maybe he wanted to wear ninety nine all along, but he like he, you know he he or maybe he just liked nine. And when he went to the Ducks, like someone aren't because because uh, Jesse Hall wears number nine, so maybe he took ninety nine then. I don't know, but yeah. So so Gordon Bombay wore nine for the Hawks, and then. Adam Banks wore number nine for the Hawks also. But I started thinking about it, and there's a lot of great players from Minnesota that wore, you know, the number nine. So you got Gordon Bombay, I mean, Adam Banks, and Jesse Hall from the movie. But also you got Mike Madonna that played for the Minnesota North Stars, also wore number nine, and Miko Koivu. So, I mean, he was the captain of the Minnesota Wild. So nine's a good number in Minnesota, apparently. So Maybe that's why they did it. I don't know. Well, I mean, Mike Badano came. I guess he was. He's in the movie. Yeah, so, he's in the movie. So maybe that's also why they chose number nine because he was an up and coming star. I mean, he was already a star at that point. But and also that that game that they that they filmed the movie at was an actual game between the Minnesota North Stars and the Hartford Whalers, which both teams recently. I mean, the Dallas Stars moved the next season to Dallas, and then the Hartford Whalers. I think it was like less than five years later moved to Carolina. So neither one of those teams, you know, in that movie stuck around for that much longer. So, 
Um, I mean, there's that prank with the purse at the beginning. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I think the movie does an excellent job at setting up that it's just a ragtag bunch of kids that are close and they like to do things together and they're all real tight. Yeah. But doesn't mean that they're you know always you know perfect kids and they might be up to no good. You know. So yeah. So I mean. And they do the poop trick, which I've still to this day, like, I want to, that would be a fun prank to pull to see if somebody actually like, pulled out, you know, took the purse and, like, actually pulled out of the parking lot and just stole it. But it's like your original, like, glue the quarter to the floor kind of trick, you know, mm-hmm. or fake dollars. Yeah. So that's a classic one. And then, I mean, you get you get to the, you know, you, I mean, of course, then Gordon Bombay gets the DUI and he gets pushed to the ducks, you know, to for, for uh you know what, what they his call community it? service and actually when they wrote the movie originally before disney got involved it was actually supposed to be a darker movie and it was supposed to be an ex nhl player that turned alcoholic that uh actually decided he uh wanted to get revenge against his uh youth hockey coach oh yeah that is a little bit of a a darker <laughs> turn if you could say so yeah so i mean they they kept the dui but but uh, we see the kids, you know, practicing out on the ice and stuff. And Goldberg, you know, I don't think he ever liked to play goalie. And maybe he just, I don't know. I mean, did he choose to play goalie? I don't know. It looks like one of those moments of like, we don't have a goalie. Well, you be it. And there was actually a joke that later got, you know, when they, they did some piece for Time Magazine about how this movie's aged so well. And... They kind of, he wasn't in the, like, interview, but they, like, made some jokes about how he couldn't skate in the beginning or he never learned how to skate. And maybe that's why he ended up being the goalie in the first movie. Because he never, in every scene, he doesn't act like he wants to be the goalie. I mean, at the beginning, he's like, you know, the puck almost hit me. He's like, you're the goalie. That's what it's supposed to do. And then, like, they're warming up and they're all smacking him in the legs and he, he hates that, too. And... I mean, and then there's the part where they tie him up, and he doesn't seem to like that either. But he, and then he's like, oh, only for a little bit. I'm moving back to Philly. But I mean, we've seen all three movies. He never moved back to Philly. So I think that was him just saying, like, I don't think I want to play hockey for very long. So I think he. It's one of those things that I feel like he's friends with everybody, and so he just does it because all his friends do it, and he just is forced to be in a position that he hates. But he, you know, fulfills that purpose of being goalie and ends up doing well. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. He's never really done stellar in any movie. It's always been a high-scoring game, you know. That I don't know. I think the team, it was one of those teams where it was more firepower than it was goalie power. I'll, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. And, uh, I mean, so Coach Bombay shows up. He drives out on the ice, and, you know, then they, you know, he gets out in that funny scene where they think he's a drug dealer, you know. and It's, one of, it's a good scene. And uh, and then they all jump in, but like if your co- new coach pulls out on the ice in a limo and he doesn't offer you a ride, you know I think it's free reign to jump on top of that limo. Like that's, I think that's a uh, you know a a moment the the kids said you know hey we're here too. So it's a good moment. You know I mean definitely if you have a coach that rolls out on the ice in a limo doesn't offer you a ride, I think you got free reign to you know jump on top of that car and demand a ride. And I say, I think that that's something that, you know, your typical, they're what, peewee, so it's 12 to 12 to 14 or 10 to 10 to 12. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, th- I figured that's... They're peewees. 
Yeah. So that's the 12 and under. Okay. So, okay. So 10 to 12, you figure that that's probably something 10 to 12 year olds would probably go do without even thinking, you know, is run up, jump, push the car, jump on top of it, scream and yell. I mean, yeah, so definitely. And so I was thinking about like Averman and how he's like one of my favorite characters in this movie. I mean, he's definitely one of the funniest, but like, I was trying to think of who's the Averman on our hockey team, you know, in all the Beaver years, like who's the Averman. And honestly, I've, I've come to think that maybe it's Blake. Okay, yeah. If if we're counting Blake as a regular beaver, it's Blake for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've never heard such dumb insults that work on the ice. Yeah, definitely. So Blake's are. I mean, I was thinking about it long and hard. I mean, even Kyle. Kyle, he was a little more more of a like the. I don't know. He was he was a jokester too. So I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of jokesters. On, I was thought Beans maybe a little bit, but now that I think about it, it's Blake. It's definitely Blake. With the, with the insults and stuff. So, so I mean, like I said, Banks, I mean, my notes, Banks wears number nine when he switches the team, you know. But Bombay, you know, they, they always say that he's hard on the kids, but I don't think he was that hard. You know, I mean, that first scene when they lose the game and, you know, and he's like, you guys suck, you know, and all that stuff. Like, I think that's a talking those kids really needed. I mean, that's that scene in the movie is really portrayed as like a – He's a rude coach, and he needs an awakening. No, but I think those kids needed that awakening. You know, I always go back to, you know, he's like, do you think losing is fun? And everyone's response is like, well, not at first. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get used to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but then Jesse, you know, he's like, why the hell should we, you know, like, you know, and stuff. But, like, this, you should play. You should play hard. If you're not, you're wasting – the coach's time, yes, he's doing community service, but you're wasting his time, you're wasting your teammates' time, and you're wasting your dad that gave up his overtime to put you on the ice. You know, you're wasting his time, too. So Jesse Hall might need a little attitude check, you know, in this movie. So I mean, he, he definitely comes in as a hard coach. I mean, and they say, like, oh, he's hard on the kids, but really I think the part that's hard on the kids is when he asks them to, to cheat, you know, yeah, they, take the fall. Act hard, get indignant. Yeah, you know, yeah, that, that, that part to me, I'm like, okay, that that would be pretty hard on a kid to basically be told by your coach to cheat. But I think in that aspect, like I've coached youth hockey, and there's definitely a lot of coaches out there that are the Bombay type that are you know are yelling at the refs, you know, hey, where's the call? Where's the call? Where's the call? Or you know, a coach Riley that's like, if you can't win big, it's not worth or not worth winning if you can't win big, you know. So. I mean, I think there is coaches like both those, you know, stigmatisms or whatever you want to call them or, you know. Yeah, I think that really it's, you know, they're just emulating what real coaches would be like with a peewee age team. Yeah. And then I also thought about, I mean, going on in this movie, you, you, they have the scene where they, they find all the Sports Illustrated swimsuit editions in the garbage. And I think these kids stick to the garbage a lot. I mean, in the beginning, they're digging through it for her purse, and they're digging through for Sports Illustrated. Like, these kids, you know, they need hockey to keep them out of the dumpsters. Well, you can tell. To me, that shows that none of these kids come from wealthy lifestyles. That's just a subtle way that they kind of say, like, look, these kids don't have any money, and this is their only form of, if you want to say, entertainment of, you know, this is what they do in their free time, dig through the dumpster, see if they can find something, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, of course, there's Hans, you know, the he he's like the Yoda of this crew. You know, he he's he's whispering in the kids ears. He's whispering in 
Bombay's ears. He's kind of got that, you know, he's he's got something up his sleeve that's going to turn out, and he's and he's got all the right answers, and you know, and he's telling Bombay that, you know, they got to win, you know, to make that playoff spot. You know, the Huskies got the measles or whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he's definitely the Yoda in all this. I mean, he's definitely reminding him of his past and everything and stuff. So, I mean, Hans is the Yoda. Yeah, I look at it and I think he keeps up with hockey and he understands everything. I mean, he's the one that basically is like, but the boundaries changed. And that's how Banks becomes on the team is because he's the one that brings up the fact that the boundaries change. Yeah. So that means he's really into it, and he keeps up on what the changes are. Yeah. So, and then, I mean, later on, he kind of, I mean, we'll talk about D3 then. So, you know, we'll bring up back his Yoda character. But, yeah. But the hockey shop, Hans's hockey shop, you know, maybe he was in all along, and he just needed, you know, to sell a lot of hockey gear, and this is his plan all along. But I think that hockey shop scene not only is the music great and the kids are having fun, but, like, to me, like, that's the funnest scene in the movie. Yeah. yeah. That's and every kid's dream. Like, winning is, you know, definitely something you want to do and have that end moment. But, like, when you're a kid, like, going to the hockey shop, that's a fun time. Yeah, and, and you can tell in the movie, like, they're all picking the nice stuff, you know. You see, uh, oh, my gosh, I'm drawing a blank. When he grabs the stick and he rips it off the, you know. The, the ice. Off, or, no, 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 out of the, off the, when all the other sticks fall. No, no, no. When he grabs oh. it and pulls it out oh. and he gives it to him, that all these kids are getting the best of the best gear that they want. You know, that is every kid's dream as a kid to get the nice gear, to have the nice skates, to get the, you know, the expensive stick. That's what everyone, you know, every kid dreams about that. So to me, like, that's the best scene in the movie. Like, as a scene itself, you know, like, yeah, there's important scenes in the movie, but like, the hockey shop scene is my favorite scene in the movie. But, um,. And then we, when then we go to like the teams coming together, you know, they got the gear, and they start learning how to play hockey, and they do the egg pass drill. And I would like to know how many hockey players from like our age that watch this as a kid shot a egg at one time in their life with a hockey stick. Oh, I know, I've never passed one, but I've definitely blasted a few eggs at the net before. Or we took it outside. Remember when we passed the eggs in the kitchen? Okay, yeah, yeah. It might have been in the kitchen or it might have just been outside. But we went outside and we we tried to pass eggs and there was eggs all over the driveway and dad came home and he was so mad. There was like, I think it was in the summer, so it was probably like cooked eggs out there <laughs> on the driveway. But yeah, definitely tried the egg thing a couple times. But I'm, I'm actually going to throw out a poll, you know, later this week to ask people like, hey, did you actually try the egg, you know, <laughs> passing? So, but yeah. So, and I like to, and then there's Fulton Reed. I mean, he, then they're, I mean, they're, they're recruiting, you know, they pick up Fulton Reed. He's always, he's supposed to have like these, these football scholarships already and not supposed to play hockey, but they pick him up in the street, you know, kind of just slap shotting. And he, he's actually not very good at skating or, I mean, they had the rollerblade scene and the, you know, he's not a great skater, but I like to think that maybe in the cinematic universe, like, Fulton Reed, I mean, we find out later in D3 that he maybe doesn't want to play hockey or whatever, I don't know. But I like to think that he became Happy Gilmore. Yeah, that's that's what I always think, too. Like, he, he can't skate, but boy, what a shot. You know, one, one out of five hit the net, you know. Is that goal regulation size or what? Yeah, like, that's definitely Fulton Reed. And I'd like to know if that was, you know, the inspiration for that, but... I like to think that Fulton Reed became Happy Gilmore. He kind of got a little funnier and, you know, lost that edge he had. 
But definitely, you know, Happy Gilmore is a, a bash brother for sure. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, for sure. Him and, you know, uh, Bob Barker go on the rounds. <laughs> but I think Fulton Reed, if that is Fulton Reed, he, he lost a little bit. But, you know, I don't know. Well, we'll maybe we should, we should figure that out, you know. <laughs> maybe we need to have a rematch. <laughs> but... Uh, and then there's this. There, I mean, we're into the part of the movie where they're they're growing together, they're building together, and we, you know, they quack at the principal and stuff. But like, rewind it a bit. Like, there's that one scene that like we all laugh at now, and none of us knew what we were. You know, when the what are the blue balls? You know, <laughs> like that's a classic <laughs> like like joke for the parents, and the kids are like, "What are you laughing at?" Like, "Oh, nothing." And like. I don't get it. I don't get it. They're talking about molecules, you know, but classic scene now. Like when I watch it now, I'm like, dude, how did Disney get this into the <laughs> the movie? Like, yeah, that would never fly nowadays. Never. But they got it in. I'm glad it's there. And it's it's one of my favorite lines from the movie. And then also there, I mean, switch back to the Fulton Reed talk. But uh, one of my favorite lines from the movie and still fun to quote is, you know, when he's asking him about is it what they say is true, people talk. Don't mean nothing. Yeah, yeah. When when Fulton Reed, you know, is is being brought to the team. But I like that Gordon Bombay. You know, it's that typical fear of a kid. He breaks a window and he takes off running. And Gordon Bombay's like, you know, forget the window. Just show me what you got. Do it again. You know. And, yeah. You know, to me, that's that's good coach mentality of like, don't worry about these other things. Don't worry about it. Like, let's just see what you can do. Yeah, and go back to that scene where they're sitting in the the classroom. But if you look around, the kids' style, like their like outfits and stuff, like dude, it it exceeds like kids today's crazy style. Like, dude, those Mighty Ducks were ahead of their time, style points wise. <laughs> like those kids have the the. If I dressed like that, like every kid on that Mighty Ducks team was either wanted to be a rock star, or they were really poor, and that's exactly what they wore. But, like, they were ahead of their game, you know, style points-wise. But, you know, I, I think back when you, you know, when you think about the movie and, you know, all the games, but they actually only won two games and one tie got them into the playoffs. And why they didn't play the Hawks first round still is beyond me, but maybe it was a crazy round-robin style you know, playoffs or whatever, but I mean, they were the last team in. Hawks were the number one team. Yeah, that is true. Didn't I mean, play till the finals. Maybe it was a division thing. I don't know. It could have been. I don't know. District five is not in the same district as the Hawks district. I don't know. But I think that was kind of funny. They they really they only win two games and one tie, and then in the playoffs they win two more, and then they go to the championship and you know. Obviously, they win. Spoiler alert. But, you know. But, so, and Fulton scored in that one game where he, when they're like, are we pulling the Statue of Liberty play? And he's like, no, take your shot. He shoots from the red line. <laughs> the red line. <laughs> so, that was a good shot. Good shot. One out of five. That was his one out, one out of five. But, and also, nobody was offsides. Like, you think that would be the mess up, you know, I'm talking about here. But no, no one was offsides. The other team was all sitting there waiting. But, you know, he did shoot it from the red line. 
So they make it the championship game, and Bakes, you know, gets taken out. But I think that's what you get when you wear 99 sometimes is, you know, you get a kid that just hacks you for wearing 99. Like I've, yeah, I've said on the podcast before that I don't know what's worse, kid wearing 69 or a kid wearing 99. As a, as a coach, I don't think I want either one on my team because you're just asking to be hacked like, you know, Banks did. And get, oh, I thought it was add some white gloves in there too. Well, yeah, that that's definitely there too, but I can't, you know force these kids to buy not white gloves. I mean, I can definitely enforce them, but like, if your kid shows up with white gloves, it's hard to tell him that he's got to get rid of those. But, you know. But, yes, definitely kids that I coach, don't wear 99, don't wear 69, and don't wear white gloves. That's my that's my uh, two cents for you. But You're just asking to get hacked. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, rewind to where Bombay almost quits this team and Jesse's dad come is about to step in, you know, and be coach. Like, why wasn't Jesse's dad coaching from the start? Because that guy definitely would have whipped these kids into shape. Like, he he seems like he's a no-nonsense kind of guy. And there wasn't a lot of nonsense going on on this team. I think it was his uh, his overtime. It was his overtime. That's why he couldn't. <laughs> yeah, no, it was he, overtime. Yeah, but, de- I mean, he was going to step in for Bombay, and maybe, like, together they could have been, a like, an all-star tandem. I mean, we never know what we could have had with Jesse Hall's dad steps in but you know I've always thought about that that he seems like he's a tough guy to play for maybe he was a he would be like a coach Riley so get these kids you know winning games early so in that final game I mean put yourself in coach Bombay's shoes you got Fulton Reed he's your top player and he takes a dirty penalty you know he's standing up for his teammate though because they I think it's Connie or whatever she get checked yeah it's it's after she does the the, the spinny, the spinny, spinny goal. Yeah, so she gets checked, and and you know he, Fulton Reed just goes and retaliates, and then gets thrown off. So your star player does up dumb, and then gets thrown out of the game. Like, what do you do if you're Coach Bombay? Well, I always want when when I was watching that, I wondered like there was no penalty. He just got a game misconduct and kicked out. They weren't down, or they just didn't show it. Well, it could have been the. Because sometimes game misconduct doesn't show up on the board. They just get thrown out. I guess it wasn't during play, so that's probably why. Yeah, so, I mean, they did end up winning. I mean, they ended up tying the game anyways, but as a Coach Bombay, he probably was sweating, you know? There goes his best shot at that point. But, I mean, they win the game, whatever, and, you know, whatever. But did you know... I mean, I have my jersey here that you bought me that's, you know, the Charlie Conway C. Did you know he actually does not wear the C in the movie? Really? He does not wear the C in this movie. Hmm. He does not become the captain until later on in the second movie. I did not know that. Yeah, so, I mean, a lot of people probably don't don't think about that. But, yeah, Charlie Conway is not the captain in this movie. Well, also, I mean, they, they point to uh, when, when it's the time for the penalty shot – the team doesn't even point to Charlie. I mean, it's Bombay that is the only one that recommends Charlie to take the shot. Yeah, and I don't know. Up at that point, he really hasn't done anything. I mean, I don't think he's even scored a goal in this movie up until that point. No, I don't think so either. So, I mean, and in both incidents where, you know, Bomb- I mean, it comes full circle. This is how Bombay, you know, lost in the very beginning of this movie. But both games would go to overtime 
they did go to over. Well, the first game did go to overtime, and you know it shows the guys all celebrating in the beginning. Yeah, but he does talk about it. He says he I lost missed in it, overtime, and we lost in overtime. So maybe Bombay should have played in overtime and redeemed himself. But if Charlie would have missed this shot, they still would have had a chance to win it in overtime. Yeah, I always find it it's slightly funny in a lot of these games that they play. It's they score as the timer goes out, and then they they cheer and win. And I always think, well, it's not like base, basketball. It's not like if the puck's moving into the net. But that did happen at the USA hockey game. Like, you know, in Miracle? I mean, mm-hmm. we can talk about that later on. Yeah, yeah. But, but, yes, in Miracle, that actually happened in the real game. The, and that's the, kind of one of the controversial things. Like, they scored with zero seconds on the clock. But they did score. But we can move on. So, I mean, after they win the game... And Bombay, you know, is going to try out for the minors. I mean, if you showed up to the minors, like, tryouts, and you had a bright green bag that said Coach Van Komen on it, like, and you're and you're way old, you know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that would be a funny thing to roll up with, but why does your coach have a, uh, a hockey bag that says Coach with his name on it? But, hey. Maybe it's the only thing he's got. He hasn't played in a long time. That's true. That's true. But why would he have a player bag? I don't know. That bag's big. I mean, that's not a coaching bag. You know, here, here's the one thing I look about the Mighty Ducks, and watching this movie, I even thought about it. Is you know, growing up, you're you're watching the Mighty Ducks, and you see all the players and everything. But this movie isn't actually about the players. The main person in this movie is Gordon Bombay, and how he turns you know from a selfish lawyer into a you know loving, serving, dedicated coach. The yeah. story is about Gordon Bombay, not necessarily about the team. Yeah. I mean, it is, but it's the main person is Gordon Bombay. Yeah. Another uh, coach, great coach that started out being a lawyer, John Cooper, just coached the Lightning to a Stanley Cup. <laughs> he started out as a lawyer, but uh, he didn't get a DUI. But, you know, just a fun fact there. But um, did you know, so did you watch it on Disney Plus? Yes. So when the bus is rolling away, did you think, is this the song that always plays? It's We Are the Champions that plays always. That's on the old one, right? No, it's it's We Will Rock You starts playing right there. Oh. But I found out that in different versions, so VHS and and the movie and the TV ones, that song, which is um, Winning It All, is what plays. But on the DVD versions, We Will Rock You plays. Hmm. Because me and Otto were watching it, and I was like, it's supposed to start playing We Will Rock You right here, and it doesn't. And then it plays it on later on in the credits, but I was like, I swear it ends with We Will Rock You right there. And so I found out that in different versions, different songs play it in the yeah. credits. And just a little fun little fact, in the credits, it's Charlie Conroy, not Conway. I don't know if you ever noticed that, <laughs> no, but it's a mess no. up. So. But, I mean... That's that's the Mighty Ducks for you. I mean, it's definitely a solid movie that I think has aged amazingly, and I think people would love it if they. I mean, they came out with the Game Changers. We talked about that. Also made me like think about like me and you doing this as mm-hmm. we talked about the Game Changers on that yeah, one episode. Yeah. So solid movie. Um, you got anything else to say? You know, I look at the movie and I think it, it was it was relevant early '90s, but yet to to kids that are playing hockey and getting into hockey and just enjoy hockey altogether the movie is still relevant today 
You know, it's not something that's like, oh, that's old timer, that's old everything, you know. It, it's still relevant today. The only thing that I saw, you know, on a quick side note is Charlie Conway takes the penalty shot with no helmet on, which I thought was a bit interesting <laughs> yeah. for a little dramatic effect. But I still think that, you know, the movie is very relevant to the hockey community and the hockey world, whether you're heavily involved or even just lightly, you know, have an inkling of it, you can still watch it and enjoy it. And it's something that, you know, still is something that you can relate to, to hockey in, you know, in today's world. Yeah. So get out there, watch Mighty Ducks. Maybe our next movie will be D2. Take it easy, guys. 